this is a bonus episode, as it says in the title. Um, it is completely unedited. I didn't do anything with it. I recorded it actually uh, a few weeks ago, like before Christmas time. I just wanted to get it out. I had it kind of hiding sort of in the can, as it were. Uh, there's no intro to it, none of that. This is the intro right here, what you're getting from me. It's, again, as I talk about in the episode, it's a, it's not really a, a true crime exactly. It's more paranormal sort of a thing. Uh, and I'm looking at putting together maybe a Patreon or something of the, along those lines for premium content. Uh, please, 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 with all of these episodes, leave a comment or rate it even. Even if you don't leave a comment, rate it. Rate it on Spotify. Spotify has ratings now. Uh, so rate it on Spotify where you listen there. On Good Pods, listen to it on there. If you do if you do listen to it on there, rate and leave a comment. Anywhere you can leave a comment, Apple, Good Pods, Podbean, all of those, leave comments because... Those are the things that push podcasts up. Do that for all of your favorite podcasts. If you really enjoy these things, to help to help out all of the, all the creators that you listen to, you really need to engage with it. It helps them to uh, en- engagement is what uh, sponsors and things that's what they and advertisers that's what they look at is engagement. So please help out all of your indie pods uh, and and leave even even just rate it. That's key. Uh, again, enjoy the episode. This is sort of a bonus and on Tuesday your regular episode will drop and I'm getting kind of in a groove now finally and maybe we'll actually get Consistent, God forbid. I know I've been kind of inconsistent lately. Had tons of a million things going on, you know, life happens and all that kind of stuff. And unfortunately, right now this is not my paying gig. I wish it were, but this is not my paying gig. So I, I have to kind of prioritize. Uh, things are finally smoothing out now, and I can maybe actually get some consistent recording time done and. Uh, episodes out. I have a few already lined up. Uh, again, one will drop Tuesday. I'm going to start dropping them. So they drop on Tuesdays. Um, if you follow me on, on Twitter or any of that, you know, or this podcast anyway, if you follow it, you, you know the the True Crime Tuesday hashtag, and I'm trying to stay true to that. So uh, it'll, those epi- the regular episodes will drop on Tuesdays. I'm not sure yet if it'll be every other Tuesday or every Tuesday or what. Um, it'll be at least every other Tuesday for a while. But I'm my goal, again, is to be every Tuesday and actually maybe put some sponsors up here and those kind of things. But I need your help. So rate it uh, and leave comments. Even even if you just leave little emojis and those kind of things, anything helps. Even if you rate it one star, I'm okay with that because it's an engagement. It counts. It, it helps me out. So consider that, and thanks, and listen up. Here you go. Hey, everybody. Welcome once again to Coffee and a True Crime Dumpster Fire. This is episode 13.5.
This is a bonus episode. I am doing some, I, I got a bunch of paranormal stuff, and I didn't really want to convolute it in there with my other regular true crime stuff. Uh, I'm thinking about putting this behind a paywall. Uh, I just want to put it out there for the first couple episodes of bonus content to kind of see what people think and get some opinions, and we'll go from there. I may even do like a, a daily, like 30 second, 60 second, you know, what grinds my gears, sort of ear, you know, whatever. Um, there's no coffee this week, or no coffee this episode. The coffee was done with episode 13. Triskaidekaphobia. That's a new word. It's a word that you can now add to your vocabulary. You're welcome. What does it mean? Oh, yeah, that's right. The fear of the number 13. Go figure. I figured, again, paranormal, the number 13, all that kind of stuff. I, you know, being kind of corny, I guess. So, <clears throat> um, this uh, also, by the way, uh, I mentioned this in the uh, regular episode as well that, uh, I broke down and have now the podcast has a TikTok that's at Criminal Dumpster Fire <clears throat> on TikTok, which is highly appropriate because, oh my God, TikTok is an absolute dumpster fire. Woo! I mean, the dumpster fire of the internet. That is it. Uh, period. I mean, the, holy cow. That is like the ultimate time suck. <laughs> Damn. I mean, like, literally, you're just looking at, oh, I'll just look at a video, and then four hours later, right? <clears throat> anyway, so, again, <coughs> I'm coughing and hacking and everything. How appropriate for a for podcasts that you may actually one day pay for. Hmm. Super professional, I know. Anyway, so this week, um, again, Paranormal 13, all that fun stuff, right? Um, this is, I want to talk about Robert the Doll. So we'll start from the beginning. Again, like I said in the last episode, let's begin at the beginning, right? Anyway, uh, so <clears throat> tourists from all over the world, of course, come to Key West, Florida every year. I'm blessed to live in Florida. Um, and tourists flock to where I'm at as well. I'm not in Key West. I don't I think I would go insane. Uh why do they call it tourist season if we're not allowed to hunt them? Just a thought. Anyway. Um so anyway, so but tourists of course like I said from all over the world, they but they one particular spot that sees a lot of traffic is um is the Fort Martello East Fort East Martello Museum. Now, um it's interesting because Google says that um this is a this is a Civil War museum. So they have lots of Civil War artifacts and it's actually it was originally um <clears throat> it was said it says construction began this is I'm reading it from the the Fort East Martello website. Um Construction began in 1862 by the U.S. Army on this Civil War fort and tower in order to provide extra protection for Key West and defense and defend against 
the possibility of a Confederate sea assault. It's interesting, considering um, it was a an island deep in the south, deep in Confederate territory, really. Um, it's interesting because the the majority says it's it even says here that the majority of citizens in Key West supported the Confederacy with such a rift is perhaps surprising that no battles actually took place on or around that island. Um, the um, it was abandoned and unfinished. It was never finished. It was abandoned by the army. So in 1950, the Key West Art and Historical Society and its own army of volunteers, how ironic, uh, cleared away many years of debris and dust and opened Fort, Mar Fort East Martello as its first museum. So it's, it's mostly, again, Civil War artifacts, um, the, the cigar manufacturing industries that shaped the Florida Keys, it preserved the all of those, like I said, all of those weird uh, Civil War relics and things. And among other things, it includes Robert the Doll, which is what I'm going to tell you about. The story I'm going to tell you about. All right, let's talk about Robert the Doll. He's really creepy. Let's start there. He is super creepy. Woo! I, I will, uh, I think I might get my social media guy, uh, wait. That's the other personnel. Anyway, the social. I, I think we'll find a way to put up, at least on TikTok maybe, or I mean, at least on Twitter. I'm going to put up a picture of Robert the doll and tell me that he is not. I, well, I may not because after you hear the story, I'm, I'm a little bit hesitant. I don't, I'm not saying that I believe, but I kind of believe. Um, so anyway, so Robert the doll... Um, was was originally originally belonged to um, belonged to Robert Eugene Otto. He was known as Gene to his friend to his friends and family. Gene was born October twenty fifth, nineteen hundred. So right at the turn of the century. He was the youngest of four. Um, his brothers or his sister Mitzbah. I hope I pronounced that right, M-I-Z-P-A-H. I don't know how to pronounce that. Joseph and Thomas. Um, and they were actually a fairly affluent family uh, that immigrated from Germany. Thomas's father was a physician and a pharmacist. It's interesting because in that time, doctors did both. The, 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 a lot of times during that, during that, that time, the doctor was also the pharmacist. Uh, they moonlighted because, well, being a doctor didn't really pay a whole lot. Um, and and the reason that that being a doctor didn't wasn't all that <clears throat> all that um, profitable necessarily was because the doctors would people would treat people like you know like humans, regardless of their ability to pay. So they would actually take things in trade a lot of times. In order to settle up any any debts and things, instead of all you know, and then this was kind of before big pharma and insurance industries got involved. It's interesting how that worked, huh? And just saying, anyway. So in 1904, Robert, uh, four-year-old Otto, received 
a gift. Uh, our four-year-old Gene, sorry, I say auto, but um, he a four-year-old Gene received a gift, and a gift that would haunt the world over for well over a century. Here we are, 118 years later, 117, whatever it is. And it's not really clear who gave Gene this gift. Two camps as to the origin and how Gene got it. Some people say that he was given uh, he was given the doll by a servant of the family who was allegedly a Haitian voodoo practitioner and as a part of and it was part of a voodoo curse for having wronged this woman. Or the other is is that uh, Jean, Jean's grandfather bought this to toy in Germany from the from a manufacturer called the Steef Company, S T E I F F, and brought it back to him and brought it back to him. Now, if you look at the photos, uh, I'm betting that it was option A. I'm just saying, because. Of, well, just the photo and all the really creepy shit that started to happen after Robert showed up. Um, first of all, so first of all, um, Gene Gene dressed Robert in a sailor suit, which allegedly was identical. It was either his or it was identical to the one that he wore all the time. And he gave him a plush lion type pet. Um. So now we have this doll in the house, and uh, don't really know where it came from per se, but who knows? Gene was attached to the hip at this doll, uh, attached to the attached at the hip to this doll. There we go. Um. You know, and and mom and dad, his parents reported that. Here he, he, they reported hearing Gene having whole conversations with this doll. I mean, that's typical. I mean, he's a toddler, right? And he has a doll. Uh, my kids did that too. Uh, it's a typical toddler behavior. Uh, no, nope. Mom and Dad said they heard two very distinctly different voices. And any time they would look in on him playing and talking, he was completely alone. So, food for thought. What are these parents doing? A and hear me out. I mean, I realize that it was the 1900s, so things are very different. But um, he has brothers and sisters. Okay, I can see that. But um, if you hear another voice, and it's a child's voice, Um, how do you not know that, how did you not know that there was a child that popped in there? Just a thought. Maybe keep a little bit better track. Um, but supposedly though, they would, his parents would actually supposedly at times would hear screams and they would come in and find Robert holding the doll, holding Jean down. Creepy. Well, at least... It appeared, anyway. I mean, I can't imagine that they'd find... Unless it... I, it does look like it might... I mean, in the pictures, I've only seen the pictures. It does look like it might be kind of heavy. Uh, maybe. I don't know. And 
there were times that they would find Gene Gene's room to just be absolutely shredded, broken toys, um, torn clothes, broken furniture, all this stuff, and they would come in, and Gene would be in the corner just cover cowering, and he'd be you know he'd be in there in the corner going, uh, Robert did it again. That to me is kid behavior. So far, we're good, right? I mean, so far, it's just a kid being a kid with a doll, right? I mean, except for maybe the furniture getting broken. It's kind of creepy. Uh, but, I mean, even kids sometimes break stuff, right? I mean, maybe. So, um, when when Gene goes away to college, he leaves Robert behind, and the weirdness stops, sort of. Um, he studied architecture at the University of Virginia, and he went on to study painting at the sh- school Chicago, sh- bleh, the Chirac, I mean Chicago School of Fine Arts, uh, for three years. And he goes to New York and works with the Student Arts League for a couple more years, and then he moves to Paris, where he meets his wife, or soon-to-be wife at that point. He meets Annette Parker, originally from New England, studying music in Paris. They were married in 1930 at the American Cathedral in Paris. And they moved back to the U.S. in the mid-1930s. They moved back to New York. Um, they, she wrote lots of music. Um, she did um, Anne Gerard in the Rainbow Room at, Rockef- at Rockefeller Center. And actually, the two of them together composed 30... 30 songs. Uh, obviously, they're on, like, what is that called? ASCAP or whatever. You can find those songs still. Um, and then Gene's mom got sick in the 1940s. So they moved back to Key West uh, to be with mom and help take care of her in her dying days. And they inherited the house. This is the house now that Robert grew up in. Um, they inherited it from mom after she died, and they called it the artist house. They named it. People named houses back then. It was really weird. I don't. I don't get that. But it was. It was a thing that they did. They. They did that. So okay, whatever. Um, but anyway, so um, Gene and Anne they move in and they find. This is where I was talking about. You know it sort of stopped. I mean, I guess it just kind of went dormant while he was gone, but then um, then there's the weird shit abound again because they move in, and they f- when they're moving in, they, they get moved into the new artist house, and they find uh, Robert sort of lurking in the attic. Anne thought the doll was creepy AF, right? And so she... So, but Robert, or but Gene, however, sort of renewed his friendship with this doll. In fact, to the point, that, again, this is like getting really creepy. Um, and not the doll, I'm talking about Gene, gets kind of creepy because he builds a, a whole room in the artist house, for Robert, or I mean, Gene does, um, with complete with child sized furniture that was hand built by Gene. <clears throat> Gene built hand built furniture for this doll. Um, 
and then of course then we go back to the the sketchiness of Robert the doll catching the blame this time though um, one of the neighbors said that according to Anne or that Anne claimed that whenever Jean said or did something creepy or negative toward Anne Robert would get the blame kids would walk by the artist's house at times and they would claim that they saw Robert move apparently unassisted across the attic windows So Gene was a highly respected citizen of Key West, though. I mean, he got to—he was pretty prominent. You know, he was always at art openings, and um, he supported the Key West Women's Club. You know, and and um, his art openings were always attended by the prominent Key West citizens. You know, different people. And eventually, though, so in June of 1974. Uh, Gene died in a Miami-area hospital of Parkinson's disease. And so it's said that Gene spent the months leading up to his death with Robert um, and was written out of the will, his wife. Gene's sister, Mitzpah, got everything. Anne owned the artist's house jointly with Jean, and so she sold it to, um, so since Anne owned that jointly, she didn't get that. She didn't get the artist's house. Um, She sold it off to the neighbor and their friend, and the neighbor got Robert too. It was like a package deal. Um, So so then um, William Gazer sold the artist's house uh, that's sort of the only trail that I could really find. So I'm assuming that William was the first one to get the house after uh, Gene and Anne had it. Um, and he sold the artist's house and Robert again. This should be a clue. The FBI might call this a clue. That, yes, Robert is creepy as shit and nobody wants him. <clears throat> um, I, I just, you know... I don't know. I don't know how much I believe, and if um, if I wake up dead tomorrow, well, we know what happened. I pissed in Robert's Wheaties, I guess. I don't know. So, and I'll get to that in a minute. You'll understand why I'm making that jab. But, so, a- again, um, he sold the artist's house to a dude named Robert, or he sold Robert... I'm really tongue-tied now for some odd reason. <clears throat> um, William Gazer sold the artist's house and Robert to Myrtle Reuter, who ultimately brought him to the museum. <clears throat> so a woman named Poochie Myers was a... What a name. Poochie Myers. Who names that? I think that was her actual birth name, too. Poochie Myers. Who names their kid Poochie? Even in the 1900s. Really? Poochie? Uh, anyway. So Poochie Myers, though, was a caretaker at the artist's house in the 1980s. After Gene died, no one really reported sketchiness by Robert at the artist's house. But Poochie claimed she had seen the spirit, had, had seen a spirit of a little girl sitting on a staircase. The girl seemed angry. Reuter 
Um, Myrtle Reuter took care of Robert for nearly 20 years, and initially she had no issues. Around the holidays, she'd put him in pajamas and set him by the Christmas tree, but eventually the creepy stuff started to happen again. A couple of guys rented the artist's house from Myrtle in the 1970s, and they heard no- noises in the attic, like children laughing and stuff moving around, etc. This is like straight out of a horror movie, is what this is. This is creepy. I mean, golly. Um, and I wrote all that. I mean, I wrote this. <clears throat> I wrote the the notes. I'm I'm just reading my notes, and so, ugh. Um. <clears throat> anyway, so a couple of guys they rent in the house. They they hear all this. They investigate. Apparently, they haven't seen any horror movies. You don't go investigate that shit. Come on, man. Really? Leave it alone. You hear stuff in the attic. Leave it be. Um. So. Of course, they investigate. They find that Robert was moving around. They get this kind of. St- they find Robert has moved from where he was, creeped out in the back of the attic or whatever, and he kind of moved and stuff got. But this kind of stuff starts to pick up and get more and more frequent. They call these guys that rented the house. They call their friend Malcolm Ross, and even Malcolm Ross was thoroughly creeped out by Robert, according to reports. So finally, Robert ends up at the um, Fort East Martello Museum because Myrtle had enough of the um, Myrtle Reuter and Poochie Roberts, I guess, Poochie Myers, I guess. Um, she, they, they had enough of the creepiness. They took Robert to the museum and essentially demanded that the assistant museum director take him. Like, they... They walked into the director's office and set Robert. There happened to be, again, it's really convenient that there happened to be a child, like a toddler size. And this is a big ass doll, by the way. This is like 48 inches or 40 inches tall. It's a big doll. It's not like a, a little Barbie doll that you can tote around in your pocket. This is, this is a big ass doll. Um, so it, Again, conveniently, right, the in the director's office when they go there, um, there there happened to be a like toddler size rocking chair in the in the office. So they went in the they went in the director's office and set Robert in a chair and they said, This is Robert. This is this is Robert. He was part of the Otto family and I can't stand him being in my house anymore. She said she locked Robert away for quite some time because he's haunted. So three months after... No- <laughs> Again, kind of creepy. So um, three months after donating Robert to the museum, she croaked. So Mr. Pays, P-A-I-S, was the assistant director who took him in. Even he started... So initially they put they put him in the in the office there in that old antique chair. They just left him there, really, except that, um, <clears throat> except for that, you know, Mr. Pays, the, um, the the assistant director who took him in, started to feel sort of creeped out and that, like Robert was staring at him. He even thought Robert was moving the chair that he was in. I mean, he went so far as to mark the floor around the chair to see if this if this dude was even moving, if the, if the if the doll was moving the chair. There we go. 
Um, so even the director herself, Susan Olsen, she shared an office with Mr. Pays. She got creeped out to the point by Robert's – she got creeped out by uh, Robert's vibes to the point – again, they thought that he was, like, staring at him and stuff. I mean, <clears throat> again, when you see this thing, it is creepy looking. Um, so <clears> um, – and, and there's a lot of legend that go with it, and I'll get to the I'll get to that stuff in a minute <clears throat> about how he'll like haunt you and and all these things. <clears throat> um, so again, if I don't wake up or if I wake up dead or whatever, let me know. Or this is to let you know Robert had something to do with it, Robert the doll. So, but anyway, so they meanwhile back at the ranch, right? ADD moment as usual. I'm your host, ADD himself. <clears throat> um, she was so creeped out by the doll, though, that she had him placed in storage. The staff even got creeped out by the doll to where <clears throat> initially Robert was a, quote, by appointment exhibit. So you have to call the museum and schedule an opportunity to view Robert the doll initially. Again, we'll get to that, too, towards the end here. We're coming up on the end, I promise. Um, anyway, so he was a by-appointment exhibit for quite a while. The staff was so creeped out that, that what they would do is they would they would try to schedule, if, if they took the call to make the appointment, they'd try and schedule that appointment for their day off so that they could avoid having to deal with Robert and take him out of storage. Again, that's creepy. If people are doing that, right? So, um, eventually, in 1996, it took this was this. So, after two years of of local ghost tours and whatever, he got enough popularity. <clears throat> they they actually created a whole case, like a big display for him to put him in. So people could actually come in and walk by and check him out and all that stuff, right? Um, that was in 1996, and he's still in that case to this day. And they maintain him or whatever they do, whatever they got to do to maintain him. And mm -hmm. um, so, but there's numerous stories. So this is where this is where things get weird. So apparently the the legend is that you have to ask this doll to take his picture. If you don't, you'll be cursed with bad luck until you apologize to Robert. Now they get these people literally get the, the museum, they get hundreds of apology letters every week because of Somebody goobered and, you know, begging for them to lift the the cur Robert's curse um, that he supposedly placed on their lives. Like, for example, a newlywed couple lost all of their wedding photos after visiting and photographing Robert while they're on their home on their hunt while they were on their honeymoon. Why do you go to? I mean, I, I guess if you find the right person and you're both into that kind of stuff, 
But that just doesn't seem to me to be a honeymoon-type destination. Just saying. But they took a picture of Robert. And, um, yeah. So they, they actually came back with a peace offering for Robert. And the lights blinked on and off like he was saying thank you and whatever. Um, I mean, it's creepy. Like even so, even David Sloan. David Sloan wrote an entire book on Robert the doll, which to me, again, I would be too creeped out to do all. Uh, no, but even so, even the author of the the authority, if you will, on Robert the doll, even he had when he was writing the book. He lost four hard drives, completely wiped, uh, couldn't be recovered at all by experts. I don't know if they sent it to the NSA, but yes, we know you're listening. It's fine. I haven't said anything that I'm totally embarrassed about today anyway. Um, but he, he claims that he was even levitated at one point. While he was in the middle of writing the book, like he was sleeping one night and was levitated up out of his bed. Creepy. He was told that, um, he was even told that he needed to, he like went to a, a medium or a psychic or whatever you want to call it. And the psychic told him that he needed to keep a copy, keep a copy of the manuscript in a fireproof safe. And that if Robert didn't like the book when it was published, Sloan would likely get cancer and die. What? Really? I mean, that's creepy. Um, again, feel free to go check out Robert the Doll, and I'll probably maybe post a picture from... I'll, I'll clip one from the internet, uh, from from the Google machine or whatever, you know. Because then I don't have to deal with the karma attached to that one. Because, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I don't. I'm not a big people person, so Key West doesn't really appeal to me necessarily. I mean, I'd love to go with my wife or whatever, and just kind of hang out. But as as a as a rule, I don't necessarily want to visit a doll in a museum. At least not. Yeah, no. Um, so, yeah, I won't have to have all the karma attached to it because I'm not taking a picture myself. Uh, anyway, I mean, well, unless somebody wants to explain to me how maybe karma works, does it, like, transfer? Can I, can I get bad karma or whatever from using, from using a photo that somebody else took that they got bad karma and it just kind of, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, so there you have it, the first paranormal whatever uh, just the kindling episode 13.5 the point five series I don't know any number of things anyway thank you for listening to me just ramble on aimlessly like a squirrel with ADD uh, uh, thank you and again if you want to see more of this if you're willing to pay you know a dollar or two a month to subscribe to get regular paranormal stories and rants and 
whatever else I can come up with, depending on, uh, you know, the quality, of course, is, you know, just saying. You get what you pay for, right? I'm just saying, you know. But anyway, so remember, everybody, uh, brain lapse for a minute there. I don't know what that was about. But just remember, everybody enjoys a good murder, provided he's not the victim. <laughs>